This is Downstream, a podcast by the Rocky Mountain Network, taking you behind the headlines. I'm Justin Brisbane, and my guest today is Erin Woodrow, a former national boxing champion who traded in her gloves for a shot at the most famous marathon in the world. The 2018 Boston Marathon was a beautiful mess. Driving rain and freezing temperatures forced many of the top runners to drop out, resulting in a parade of shocking upsets. But for Woodrow, running through freezing rain was nothing compared to what she experienced training in the Bow Valley. Aaron Woodrow, next on Downstream. This podcast has been brought to you by Strides Canmore, the only dedicated running store in the Bow Valley. Located beside Starbucks in Canmore, they have an extensive selection of running shoes, apparel, and gear for all levels of runners and walkers alike. Over 35 models of running shoes to fit every size of foot. Check us out at stridescanmore.com. podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, Aaron. Uh, so you, you can't, you've uh, recently returned from Boston and uh, which was uh, a really, really memorable race. Uh, tell me um, how tough of a race is this? What was it like on the course? Yeah, it was. Uh, it definitely came with its challenges. Um, the weather was, a, I think, a big issue, obviously, for a lot of people. Yeah, we dealt with, I think, some of the highest winds that uh, that marathon has ever been ran in. So we're running against 50 to 60 kilometer winds against us pretty much the whole time. The temperatures were hovering around freezing and um, there were kind of torrential rains coming down almost the whole time. Because it was so cold, that rain turned into, you know, ice pellets and uh, definitely not the best conditions to run a race in. Yeah, usually with the Boston Marathon, it's a... um when you're looking at a prediction for how it's going to go, it is a matter of looking at the favorites, who's going to make their move, and and uh, the race kind of unfolds from there. This added a whole new set of elements. And for someone like yourself, how did that change your approach? Um, I guess the day before the race, everyone was, everyone was a little bit kind of on edge with the weather. And it was funny. We were walking around Boston and... um. Obviously, you run into a bunch of people doing the race. There's, you know, Boston jackets on everywhere. And the question that everybody asked everybody was, what are you wearing tomorrow? So that was the question on everybody's mind. But I think, you know, just like any other race, you tackle it the same way or competition. Um, You just focus in and those are things you can't control. So um, that being said, you just kind of move forward. I'll try not to sound like a fashion reporter, but yeah. what, what what did you wear? What did I wear? Good question. <laughs> um, with much debate, <laughs> um, I ended up wearing just kind of three-quarter length leggings and um, a long sleeve top and a wind a windbreaker and a head bandana. And for the most part, that was okay. Um, for the first probably 10K, I felt like I was running on stumps for feet, which was not enjoyable. Um, and my hands were freezing. But once my the core, my core started to heat up, I was completely fine. Oh, good. Did you bring extra shoes, extra socks to cope with the weather? I did, kind of. Um, I brought extra, I brought socks to change in at the start line. 
But um, that because the rain was coming down so hard, the bag I actually had, there was little holes in it so that my the socks I changed into all were just about as saturated um, than the socks I had worn to the race. So, yeah. Well, that, so with the feet that felt like stumps, you still ran uh, the marathon in 324.41, which is pretty good. But you, uh, I think you indicated that you would have liked to be a little faster. Um, tell me, uh, what was your goal and were you happy with how you run, you, ran. you know, I I was super happy and stoked with my performance um, in those conditions. I couldn't have asked for too much better, I think. But yeah, no, my my goal was was more around the you know three fifteen to three seventeen, three eighteen mark. But I think everybody's time suffered in that race, so I was just happy to be able to go there and run my hardest in those conditions and and come out with a pretty good result. Yeah. Uh, reading some other race reports, there were uh, people on the course looking for hospitals. There were there were some of the top runners were dropping out. Uh, were you aware? Was there a bit of a nervousness on the course as well? Not really. Like, it's actually funny because a lot of people did end up finishing the race, like a very high percentage. So which is awesome. Of course, the times were slower. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until after after the race and people's like, you know, um, they stopped and the course started to to temperature started to go down that you saw people shivering and blue lips and, you know, being treated for hypothermia and those kind of things. So you're just kind of like, OK, I need to get warm um, or this is not going to be good. But um, on the course, I think everybody, for the most part, they were just kind of chugging along. There were some interesting rain outfits, um, but uh, that was to be expected. But yeah, no, not 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 really. Everyone just kind of sucked it up, and it was amazing, actually. Well, Aaron, you you're uh, you like to uh, trail run around the Bow Valley. How do you compare uh, uh, running Boston versus uh, running trails around uh, Kenmore? Yeah, it's so hard to compare the two sports. Um, running on the road and running on trails are, are two different beasts. Um, for sure, my preference is on the trail, but there's something really neat about running fast for a really long time. And the competitiveness of the road running is something that's easy to get caught up with if you're a competitive person. But the trails, I mean, the trails is where my heart is. And um um, that will always be my focus. I enjoy and take something away from both. So, yeah, they're they're they both have their their positives and and negatives, I guess. But uh, well, yeah. Can you tell me how you how you moved from from boxing to running? How did that transition happen? Well, it's funny actually. After I retired from boxing, I had wanted nothing to do with competition for quite a long time, probably five years, four or five years. I really didn't compete in anything. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to Canmore, I guess a year and a half ago now, that there's such a competitive spirit here, get brought up by the other athletes in the community. Um, there's such an amazing trail running culture here. So I kind of hopped on board. I met a lot of great people and friends through that community. And people just push you to, to go places where you never think you'd be able to go. So and that was something I kind of latched onto And Last year, I started to compete, and uh, I've really enjoyed the competition again. So it's been super fun. Well, that's good. Is it is it tough to find that uh, level of competition on trail running? Because a lot of people switch from trail um, from road to trail and never look back. Uh, you you managed to to go back to road. Um, what was what was the appeal of Boston for you? 
I had qualified. I'd only run, although I'd only run one other marathon, and my that that my plan was to do this as efficiently as possible to get my road running over with in my running career. So I uh, qualified at Victoria last year, mm-hmm. and um, and I hadn't even I didn't even know I was going to end up in Canmore and fall in love with trails, and that was going to be my story. Yeah, once I qualified, I I made a commitment to myself that I was going to go and do it regardless of you know whatever life thing was happening. So I did that and uh, I just stuck with it. And I was lucky to find some great partners out here who were going to run that the Boston as well this year. But road, it's funny, it's not as big of a thing in Canmore. So um, it's not something that that a lot of people can wrap their head around. So it's just an interesting dynamic, but I still really enjoy road running. So I, I can't see maybe completely letting it go, but definitely trails yeah. is where my heart is. Did your trail runner friends give you a hard time that, you know, you had to go and do training on pavement? Yeah. And it was a hard, a hard and pretty grueling winter to train in Canmore for a road marathon. As you guys know, it's, you know, the minus 20, minus 25 temperatures this, this winter. Yeah. A lot of snow. I mean, we, I probably didn't hit payment up until, you know, three or four weeks ago. So it was really hard conditions to train in. And yeah, a lot of people who are training community, I mean, they, they, they cross the street on, on payment and they're like, oh, that was horrible. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, to some degree, but I think everybody respects the process, right? Of training for a race. Yeah. But training in the mountains in those conditions probably did help you in Boston, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, it was indicative of the, uh, how the, the runners from, you know, Kenya and Ethiopian and, and some very strong runners just could not run in those conditions. And we saw a lot of um, North Americans do extremely well. So it was interesting. It was very dramatic kind of in a way. So it was cool to be a part of and, and see that. Yeah. As a runner, how, how motivating is that to see, uh, you know, non-professionals on the podium uh, and to see people with similar backgrounds actually doing extremely well? Does that uh, motivate you to keep uh, try another uh, road race? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, 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 for sure, I think it's absolutely amazing to be, you know, a, a nurse full time or have these other, you know, full time jobs and then be able to pull off these amazing times and those types of conditions. It is for sure inspirational, not necessarily drives me to do more, but my hat goes out to them. And, and I think, you know, what some people did in that race was, was truly amazing. So I have to give those guys credit. Well, they, yeah, they did have a really strong performance, but I'm guessing very few of them have ever been punched in the face before uh, running. So I was wondering if you can compare what's the difference? What's what's harder getting uh, a boxing match uh, and getting um, surviving a boxing match or surviving uh, Boston? Yeah. Well, first, I didn't want to get punched in the face, so I avoided <laughs> as many as possible. I mean, it's again, it's a completely different world stepping to a boxing ring um, and stepping to toe a start line. However, the same kind of principles of as having a focus, but being able to be relaxed. You know, I always, yeah, for me, once I did, figured out how to, you know, be relaxed with focus and, and bring my A game then that's when I became a really strong um, competitor in, in the boxing ring. And I think it's the same as running. I don't put a, I don't really put any pressure on myself. So it's just that I want to do my best. But the process for training is, I mean, it's completely different, but in a way very similar, right? You, you find your peak, you work backwards, you, um, you know, you do what you need to do, whether it's intervals or rounds or whatever, right? There's, um, there's a process. And I think for me, I've been able to translate that process and methodology 
into different sports and have been successful because I know the methodology to be, you know, fairly successful in a sport. Yeah, having that uh, that ability, that grit to uh, to persevere is. Uh extremely valuable and something that you're going to keep coming back to. It looks like that's, that's pretty cool to see. And, uh, you're, you're now in the Valley and you're trail running, but it sounds like you, you've started some, some boxing classes, uh, now tell me what's going on with that. Yeah, I've started boxing program or I guess different boxing sessions. And um, it actually stemmed from when I was in uh, Calgary, I did some coaching after I hung up the gloves. And I also started a program um, with the Boys and Girls Club in Calgary. And that was angled around girls between the ages of eight and 12. And it was all about empowerment. So there would be kind of exercises around that. And then we'd also do boxing too. So it was kind of a intermingled type of program with uh, the club. And so I, I wanted to bring something similar here to the town and for youth and specifically looking at young women. I did try to do that with the town. It didn't unfortunately take off at the time. However, I still had a lot of people reach out to me and said they wanted to learn boxing. You know, there's nothing really here in the Valley that do that. So I said, sure, why not? And uh, I've done a couple of sessions. Um, I'm on my, I believe it's third third one now. And I think it's a, a five class program. And the proceeds from this program are all going towards the um, humble Broncos. So so I'm pretty stoked about that. That's starting actually next week. That's that's an excellent, uh, excellent uh, move. I'm glad that's going very well. Uh, uh, what has been the reception so far to uh, boxing classes in Camor? It's actually unbelievable. I've gotten so much. I mean, I've done it uh, again, three, I think three times. And within literally hours, the program has been sold out. So it, like I said, I, I, it seems to be a bit of an, a niche and and people like the, the boxing workout. It is a great workout. It's something different. And the same thing with this one, like I probably had to turn away 20 or 30 people because I've only had room for X amount. So there's definitely something there and um, something that I think could be developed more. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. People are having a lot of fun doing it. For me, I'm. it's more something that because I took away so much from boxing, I want to give back. So that's kind of the approach that I'm looking to take moving forward and want to find those communities and people who would um, benefit the most from that type of a program. Okay, so you get to uh, uh, reverse roles, you get to transform some trail runners into boxers. Mm -hmm. So what is the, uh, you know, what's the key? What's the, the toughest part in in turning someone from uh, from an outdoor trail runner into a, into a boxer? Well, I'm not sure I'm going to make any uh, legitimate boxers. <laughs> they may think so, though. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, it's the same types of tools. A lot of the people that it's kind of fun because a lot of the people, uh, you know, I work with in the in the the boxing program, they're athletic, so they can pick up things relatively quickly. There's also been some youth who've done some of the programs. So that's really cool. I'm doing um, some classes in some schools around town over the next few weeks as well. So those are really fun age groups to work with. But yeah, most of the people doing it are looking to do it for learn something about boxing, have a really good workout and have a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, really neat. And uh, how, how do people find out about this? 
Yeah. So, you know, I've had a lot of people come back who were in the first kind of sessions. I think I posted something on social media as well, but it's kind of, it hasn't really been super formally marketed. Um, And I think I might do more maybe in the fall, but again, it's, it's for me, it's really more about, um, you know, giving back. It's not right now. It's not about making money. It's more about providing that service to the community. And, and I take a lot away from that as well. So, um, but so many people reached out. So I've been, you know, I'm developing a mailing list and that type of thing. But yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but it's been a lot of fun. That's cool. Uh, what races do you have planned for the future? Well, I'm I'm kind of contemplating doing another marathon the next few weeks just so I can reach my goal. But I'm not sure that's just something I've been thinking about in the back of my mind. But my key ones are um, I'm doing a 50K trail race in Kelowna in June called Wild Horse. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, um, I'm going back to Newfoundland and doing the Telly Tang, which is one of their iconic uh, road races. Um, yeah, because you're from Newfoundland. I'm originally. from Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, you bet. And I'm doing uh, the Squamish 50 this year. And um, I believe there's some another trail race thrown in there somewhere. Um, they seem to pop up. But I also do um, some uh, mountain biking racing as well. So I'll do that as well this summer. That is a really heavy schedule. Yeah, I'm going to be busy, but that's kind of how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. How, uh, and how, how much training are you, are you doing to uh, prepare for this this summer? Well, I put a lot for running, so my running base is really good now, so that will carry over to my next couple of races. So I'm not too worried the running is just keeping up and keeping on a schedule. Um, I have kind of a schedule that I follow for that. And then, um, you know, I haven't been able to be on my mountain bike yet, but so I'm really looking forward to uh, the trails clearing up so that can happen sooner rather than later. But yeah, it's just, I mean, it's for me, it's, it's a lifestyle. So obviously I work 40 hours a week, but uh, I identify just as much with the things I do outside of work as I do with work. So, so yeah. So right now those are a priority for me. Yeah. How does it feel to have that, uh, that competitive spirit back after taking a hiatus from boxing? Yeah, it's super cool. I like, I realized once I started competing or did my first race, I was like, oh my God, why have I done this in so long? But I think because I competed so long, so hard for so long, I had, I was always traveling and fighting and, and uh, having to be at a certain level. And it was just, it 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 took its toll on me. So I think it kind of took that hiatus to be able to come back with a fresh set of eyes and spirit around competition to really be able to re-engage in that side of me. So it's been so fun. And I mean, again, I don't know how much, how long I'm going to want to compete again at the level I'm competing. But right now it's super fun and I feel great. So why not? That's great. Yeah. Boxing uh, looks like you had a career of highs and lows. uh, Like you had a chance to go to the 2012 Olympics, but uh, you weren't able to go because your weight class wasn't selected. Is that, that true? Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. It was disappointing, obviously. Um, that was the the ultimate goal for me. Um, even as I started when women's boxing wasn't um, wasn't a, uh, an Olympic sport, we waited. I waited so long for that to become an Olympic sport and hold, held on. And um, And of course, when it did, it was very unfortunate that it wasn't in a weight class that I could compete at. So I would have either had to like cut off a leg or gain 20 pounds and get the crap beat out of me. So none of one of those are really options. But you know what I did? I have no regrets about boxing because I, 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 I couldn't have went really at, uh, any further than I did. The Olympics was the last step. I still competed at world events and all around the world. So, I mean, I'm, I have 
only positives to take away from my career, but it was too bad. I, I couldn't compete at on that stage, but um, no regrets. All right. And you said you're going to be trying some mountain bike racing this uh, summer as well. Have you done that before? I did. Oh, Last did summer was my first year uh, okay. competing in, in mountain biking. And um, yeah, there's again, another big community here. So I, I did a lot of riding last summer and um, managed to, uh, you know, find some, some great races. And yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that as well. So I think I'll continue that this year and see where that goes. But yeah, so it's more, it's a newer sport for me, but I'm, I still, I, I love it. I really, really love it. All right. Yeah. What advice do you have to, uh, to our listeners who want to get into, uh, to racing at that level or, you know, any sport, like how yeah. do you, how do you get to, how do you encourage more people to do this? I think it's like, first of all, it's finding things that work for you. I think with any, you know, working out or, you know, sport, it's finding something that you love. And, and I think that helps in being able to work more towards, you know, goals. I think setting goals is also great. It helps me. It helps me focus and work towards something. Um, there's also, I know, a lot of great groups in Canmore. That was when I first came to Canmore. I felt very, very lucky and grateful that there was um, many trail running groups, mountain biking groups at my fingertips that I could go and uh, ride with. And, and, and a lot of people are intimidated at first, but, you know, the people here in Canmore, as you know, are just so open and kind and, you know, willing to take new people in because everybody here comes from away, most likely. So, I mean, there's so many great communities that you can get involved in. So don't be intimidated. Get out there and try. And I mean, after that first time, you're usually like, OK, that wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's so many opportunities. It's just um, a matter of seeking them out. Yeah, that's you came from a background. You almost went the Olympics as a boxer, but you still felt a bit of intimidation when you started trail running in, in the valley. So was it just how did you make make that jump? Yeah, I mean, I have a say, and it's funny, I actually wrote a, a blog about Camor. And I remember writing a blog about my first, and I just wanted my life here to work. I never knew anybody. I came here. I was just new, like so many other stories, right? And I remember going to the first, it was at with Camor Trail Culture, and, uh, you know, and just wanting to make friends and wanting to, you know, find communities and that type of thing and, and feeling so vulnerable, right? Like I had been at trail running groups before and I know people are generally welcoming and open, but, and, and then like, I mean, once we started running, like it's a little, always a little bit awkward at the beginning, you're standing around, like, you know, staring each other in the face, like don't really have to say, trying to think of small talk, all that. But once you kind of start your feet, start moving forward, then everything else starts kind of moving forward too. That's really great. Aaron, I really want to thank you for, for be, coming in uh, this afternoon and sharing your story. And uh, good luck on you, with your future races. That looks uh, really exciting. Can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, really, really appreciate you having me in. Downstream is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Outlook, located in the heart of the beautiful Bow Valley. This podcast was recorded at our newspaper studios in Canmore, produced and audio engineered by Aaron Toombs, and published by Jason Lyon. For more from the Outlook, you can visit our website at rmoutlook.com.